Hi, this is Jack Tester, I'm the President and CEO of Nexstar, and I'm here in Warrens, Wisconsin at Frank Blau's hunting camp. And I'm here with a bunch of Frank's friends, my friends, and one of those is Phil Frazier. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing great, Jack. It's great to be here. Well, it's good to, it's good to see you again, and uh, you're doing good. And, and you've agreed to do a, a little talk here about your journey at your business. And tell us about you know, the business name and where it's located. Well, our business is in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and it's uh, Frazier's Plumbing and Heating. Okay. And this year we're celebrating our 100th year, and wow. I'm fourth generation, and uh, kids are involved as a fifth generation of our That's amazing. business. Yeah, we're very grateful. Yeah, well, for those who don't know, Rhinelander is in north, northern, north central Wisconsin mm-hmm. in kind of lake country. It a is. Beautiful area, kind of a resort, kind of a, a, a second home area, really. It is. It's a big second home area. The Three Lakes, Monaco, Eagle River, all around us is all the, a lot of snowbirds. So how many full-time residents in your market? Uh, well, our town is the biggest in the three counties up there, and we only have like 7,800 people in our, in our town. Okay. <laughs> so it's a, it's a small area. So we're, we're probably, uh, the three counties would be about 38,000 people. Okay. And then uh, 66% of our customers are snowbirds, so they'll come okay. back up. So we grow a lot in yeah. the summer. Okay. So. Well, that's a, it's so it's definitely a rural area, and you've got a really nice business there. It's a, you know, you think, a, I think of a, a rural area with a plumbing and heating company. I think of a one or two truck company, mm-hmm. and you guys uh, aren't that way. You've got a nice sized business. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, so we're grateful, and I think a lot of it's just because of the 100 years, and, yeah. and we've been there for so long, and, and uh, so we're, we're known around the community. And, right. So. Well, your company. Um, joined Nexstar a long time ago. I want to say in the mid '90s. I met your father, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Right? And yes. He would come to events and he'd wear a bolo tie. I remember mm-hmm. that was he still awesome, does. Awesome still guy. does. Still, that's great. <laughs> and you weren't anywhere near when 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 you guys joined. You weren't in this business. What were you doing at that time? My wife and I worked with teenagers in little tiny towns in western Wisconsin, okay. and so these were areas that you know couldn't afford any youth guys uh, in the community and so we went to all these little tiny towns and we started working with these kids and was this a, a ministry or it was okay. it was a youth ministry okay. and so Very you know nice. a lot of the every denomination they couldn't afford like a youth pastor or a right. youth guy so we went in there and we just started working with all these kids yeah and uh, we did a lot of out trips in Canada, the Boundary Waters. We'd take them on 10-day trips. Okay. And so anyway, that's what we were doing. Okay, so you, unlike a lot of generational people in our business, you didn't graduate high school and then go work in the family business. Why didn't you do that? You know, I grew up in it, and I saw um, the piece of life that I thought it was taken from our family. We'd get ready to go on a, on a family vacation or do something, and the phone would ring. And we'd all get out of the car, and oh, Bruce would go off, and, and we'd go, yeah. And then as kids, um, my brothers and I would take turns going on service calls, and so we we'd get woke up in the middle of the night. It'd be take us longer to get the truck started, as cold as it was, than to get the service call done. Um, but we'd go out, and I remember going in. Good times, huh, Bruce? Oh, they're they're really good. They're really good. And so but then I, it was my job to hold the flashlight in these crawl spaces and in these basements. And yeah. I remember uh, my dad, you know, I'd be falling, one of two things. I'd either be falling asleep and the light would start dropping and he'd go, hold the light, hold the light. You know, or I'd be uh, looking around in the crawl space at what's climbing around in there. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so we grew up, grew up in the business. We all had to work in the business. We were open, um, 
you know, on Saturdays back then as well. And um, it was just, it seemed like it was what we were always doing. And so I didn't like it. And so, in fact, you've used the words in before that you kind of hated the business. I did. I mean, there, there was like it was like an enemy almost, or like a, an adversary, or somebody something that you didn't want to be, and didn't want any part of. I did not. And out of all the kids in our, we had, I have two brothers and uh, six sisters, but everybody oh, thought I was going to be the one that would never ever be back at the business, and I swore I never would. All I, right. Well, well, here we are. Yeah. So how'd you come back into the into the company uh in the mid 90s my dad had a heart attack okay and um none you know there's nobody around that was there helping him and he was uh in his 60s and i thought well i'm gonna go back and just talk to him a little bit and i could see that he needed help but he would never ask for help yeah he had a great team around him um but there was nothing for transition of the business so joanna and i talked about it and we said, well, let's go back and at least maybe help him um, for a couple of years and help him maybe try and sell the business okay. so that they can move on. And so that couple of years was over 20 years ago. It's been a long couple of years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Three-hour tour stadium yeah. stranded on the <laughs> island. Huh? Well, that's so, but, you know, but let me tell you that from as I, as I observe, and I know you um, as, a, I guess, a casual friend. You know, we're, we know each mm-hmm. other, enjoy our, each other's company. But you've got real passions outside of the business that that really seem to to be really important to you. What are mm-hmm. those? I know youth and ministry. I know that too. But beyond that, yeah, we have uh, fellowship adventures, and uh, we do uh, we take guys all over the world on hunting and fishing trips. Right. And so you're a big outdoorsman. I am. I love it. I love being outdoors. It drives me. It's, uh, I mean, even where we live, you know, almost every day when I get home, I'm down at that lake, whether it's casting yeah. off the dock or just being out on the lake. And you live on a lake. We do live on a lake. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you've had some, some transitions in your business since you came back in 94. There's a lot of things that have happened. And uh, what I thought would be interesting to talk about on this podcast are some of the some of those challenges and what you learn from them. Is that fair? It is, yes. All right. So um, there's a couple things you've done. You, you, you've, were, we were sitting by the outside last night talking, and you mentioned that you would go to a seminar and you would see something, hear something, and you would just do it. Tell, mm-hmm. us, tell us about some of those experiences. Well, I was first exposed to um, Next Art with C2000, yeah. and my mom and dad said, well, you know, when it, when it became apparent that we that we may be um, going into the business, um, my dad said, "I want you to meet some people, and I want you to go." So we we went to a peer group. I went to a peer group in Ohio. Bob okay. Carrick said all, all oh, seasons. Sure. Met John O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, met met a lot of the great people that are great friends today. But I went there and didn't know what to expect at all. But I just started seeing all these people talking uh, about how to grow their business, what they'd done, and yep. breaking up in groups. And my head just started coming, you know, just swimming with ideas. And so, um, you know, at that time, my, my parents owned the business, so we'd come back, and we weren't flat rate. And uh, my dad just struggled with going with that. It was a real hard thing for him. And so we just started pushing and pushing and pushing to, to make changes. 
And um, my dad allowed me to do that. But every time I would go to a, another Nexstar meeting, I would hear ideas, and I would just do them. Um, and the poor people at our business, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm up all night thinking about it. I'm, I'm plotting, and then I go in, and I, you know, I think they've been there with me through all my thought process. And, <laughs> the, and the sleepless nights. So, yeah, so yeah. they're like, every time I would go to something, they're all braced, like, okay, what's he going to come back with next? Right. You know. So well, some of that could be good, I suppose, because you you know, <clears throat> there 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 wasn't any uh, you weren't hidebound, you weren't stuck in the old ways. You know, you mm-hmm. could come back and see a, some success going on in Ohio, and you didn't say this won't work in my market. You just went home mm-hmm. and did it. So I, mm-hmm. I, I that, it sounds like a good quality, right? In some level, it it is at some level, but um, you know that the. the what is it? Zeal without knowledge. <laughs> I've heard that. But I like yeah, that. it's it's a lot of zeal, but not a lot of knowledge. Okay. And so the the zealous part is good, but um, you know, surrounding yourself with some wise counsel and some people to talk through that okay. is what I was lacking. I would just do it. And uh, what so, were some of the famous? Because going flat rate is not a mistake. No, right. that no, no. that worked to the best, right? So your zeal yeah. worked, served you well there, at least. Right? Yes. But where would where give give us an example of a decision you made where um, that wasn't so great? Well, there's been a few of those, but the ones that stand out to me, um, you know, we we have an old business, a very well known business, and all of a sudden I came home and you know one day and said, I think we're going to do this franchise. You so know, here you take this name that's been around for. 90 years at this point. Yeah. Right. And that was not a good idea. Why'd you, just, why'd you do that? What was he thinking? I actually, because I saw it as a way out of the business. Okay. And that was the whole reason I did it is because I really didn't want to be in the business. And I saw that as a way out, but it, it, uh, why would you think that? Um, be, I had a manager at that time that was very interested in taking over the business. Yeah. And he really liked the franchise idea. And I thought, well, you know, if this is my way out and he really believes that this will work for him, um, you know, we'll go ahead and give this a try. So so you, it's almost like what I, what I hear you saying is that you came into this business as a, a two-year stint mm-hmm. and you still viewed it as kind of a stint. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, this is not where we're going to be I did not want to retire at that business. Right. So you were looking at these things and kind of lunging at a few things to yeah. To get out of it, so you could go fishing and hunting and do whatever you like to do. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 so tell us more about this, this this franchise experience. Yeah, so it, we could, within a year, we knew we needed to get out of the franchise, and so uh, I think it was actually just a hair over a year we we pulled out of the franchise and came back home to Nexstar. And yeah, because you had to leave Nexstar at that. Point. We did. Yeah. Yes, we did, and so it was great coming back. And uh, so anyway, that was that was one of the. It was a little blip in the road now when we look back, and thankfully we have a great you know, customer base, and yeah. they're very understanding. And actually, You never really phased out Frazier at that point either, right? We did not. Yeah, was, yeah we so did not. It was really part of the name. Yeah, so it really didn't, it wasn't a death blow or even no. close to it. it no. Was, it was hardly just, just kind of a diversion maybe. Right. Yeah. And another... Uh, Probably one of the biggest things that we we had was a acquisition I made early on, and again I would put that with the zeal with no knowledge. Um, my biggest competitor, and it was uh, right after we bought the business from my parents back in '94. I don't know when was that. Um, 2004. Okay, ten years and, later, you bought it, the business from yes. mom and dad. So okay. um, 
And we spent a lot of money on that. And we really felt like we were going to go from uh, like a $2.2 million company with all the, and we did have counsel on that one quite a bit, but we really felt like we were going to go to about a $6, $7 million company. And we hired all these people um, from the other company and we had 30 some employees yeah. and we went from 2.2 to 2.7 million. Oh. And we paid a lot of money for that company and then the real estate on the side, my wife and I did. And so that was a, that was a train wreck. Um, and we survived it. And, uh, looking back, why did it, why, why was it a train wreck? Well, there was a lot of things in that business that were new construction and, uh, the service business just wasn't there. And that's what we do. So you didn't, so the, the learning there was, is you, you didn't buy what you thought you were buying. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and really had no business at that point trying to make a decision like that. But in those days, the bank would let you do anything. You know, so they wrote a 800 and some thousand dollar note with us and, um, personally guaranteed by you. Oh yes. And then another 500 and some thousand for the real estate. And so, you know, we're over a million dollars into this and boy, it just didn't do what we thought it would. So now you got debt equal to 50% of sales, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. Okay. That's a tough formula. It is. It is. So, so that was a, that was a real rough going. We got through that and we had the owner of that company working for us for five years too. And, um, that went okay, but it never, never works out well usually. Okay. But anyway, that's, yeah, so that was a tough decision. All right. But now, so that, and that one, you can't just, oh, it didn't work, darn it. Cause you're left with one and a half million dollars of the debt on that. We had all the debt. That's yes. right. So now that, that, that you carry that forward. Yes, right? that's right. Plus still paying for the business for my dad and uncle as well. Oh, so you got more debt. Yes. So you're not, you're not shy of debt, are you? No, no, no. You <laughs> no. Okay. Wow. No, it was a wonderful place to be. <laughs> <laughs> Banker's best friend. As long as yeah. you're making your Oh, we really were. Yeah, we really were. Okay. Uh, so, but you still, what I'm, what I'm, uh, but this was, was this an effort to get out of the business or what was this an effort? Cause no, that was, I really, you know, we, we really wanted to grow the business and this competitor kept you know, he was starting to get into the residential side of things. Okay. He actually wanted to join Nexstar, and um, you know, we just ended up having coffee one day and talking. And his wife had cancer, okay. and so you know, there's a lot of stuff that played into it. And we just, you know, from there it went to our CPAs, our yeah. attorneys, and um, I did, I did have the help of our, you know, Nexstar business coach helped me uh, quite a bit through that. And we all thought we had done right a good due diligence and it just just didn't it work. was a train wreck yeah oh gosh and you know what it, a lot of it was the the hr side of it okay the cultures the cultures totally clashed yeah. and we weren't set up right at our company to bring them into our fold yeah. you know and this the, is your first acquisition ever right and ever was, and i had and just it was, got and you the put business. all this it sounded like you put all the chips on the table too it wasn't like hey let's try a little one over here see how it goes oh no right this is oh no this was this, it man this is like, a company bigger than you <laughs> they were yes. right? yeah right oh gosh bill yeah, you're a swinger. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so, but we made it through that, you know. And um, you know, we, you know, we later were able to go back and harvest some of that. You okay. know, we started thinking about all the files of the new homes they had done that yeah. were, 
you know, eight years ago. And so we started going through those files and we started putting together lists. And so we actually, instead of just, you know, licking our wounds, we went back and started harvesting some of that business. So it made it less painful. It did. Yeah, it did. All right. But, um, the lessons continue, don't they? They do. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened next? What was the next, uh, well, deal in 2012, um, we started Fellowship Adventures. Okay. And this really is your passion, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. And it just started to grow. And it it really needed uh, my business partner in there is from Nashville, Tennessee. And um, we, we both realized that it needed our time, more of our time. Yeah. And so in 2014, I had a, um, some guys come in and help me run my company. And they actually started doing uh, the bookkeeping. Like some consultants. Some consultants. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started doing the bookkeeping off-site, uh, having it all um, sent to so you, their office in Colorado. So you just outsourced that to them. You handled my books, and they did that. They right? did that, yeah. and then they were their general manager came in and worked with our team. Okay. The owner came in with our team, uh-huh. worked with them, and then in 2015... Um, we decided to take a step to try and have them acquire our business, and that would give me a way out. To, to get into Fellowship Adventures full-time. Full-time. Right. And so I literally, on uh, January 26th of 2015, I went full-time with Fellowship Adventures, and Joanna and I walked away from our business. And, you know, we were on pace for $4.1 million that year. We were having so effect- you'd grown the business nice. We had. Yeah. We had. It's a big business in a little town. In a little tiny town. It really, yeah. really it had was. to be the biggest guy in the Tri-County area, whatever you call yeah. it. Right? We were. So we walked away and felt like we left everything in good hands with this team. But you still owned all this debt, didn't you? We had all the debt, and I was I was tied to that debt. And right. so um, until they would acquire the business and everything would be paid off um in this process. But you then, expected the business then to continue to make the debt service payments on the stuff that was in your name and all that. Everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the whole goal. But you, so you just, it wasn't like this was a slow transition. You literally gave them the keys. Of course they had, you knew them, right? And, and they, they worked it, with me for a right, year. Right. And yeah. then we took the plunge in January, had an all company meeting. Did you get no money up front for you? No. No. Not, a, not was, a penny. Nope. I was just willing to walk, walk and then they would pay me slowly and pay for the business debt and um we got it was mother's day uh, of that year so in may five months later later. and prior to that i started hearing from some of my employees that were there 20 years 10 years 15 years different ones they'd call me and um you know just say hey i'm gonna apply for a job somewhere would you give me a reference i'm like why are you leaving yeah and I just started to hear this a little bit more and more yeah. of people that were like family to us. And um, so we lost our, you know, in that five months, the key revenue producing employees had left. Yeah. And uh, these are like family to Joanne and I. And we, on Mother's Day of 2015, um, we took the company back. And... Like I said, we were on pace. That our our budget was four point one million the year before. We had done like three point nine. Okay. And um, 
when I took it back, we were on pace for 1.1 million. Five months later. Five months later. And there was no employees, really, that were left there. We had five what, or six people. What had happened to your debt? Debt had gone up. So there was, um, you know, we had a money market account, and that was gone. Uh, we had credit cards that were all maxed out. And these were in your name still? They were in my name. In fact, on one conversation, the one guy said to me, he said, Phil, you might want to go pay that credit card off. It's in your name. And this is while they're trying to yeah. buy the business. And I said, well, why would I do that? <laughs> you know, so I could, you know, Shut this is down. Yeah, yeah, this was actually the, I was on the, the phone call where I took it back. That yeah. was said. But anyway, um, so we came back to a tremendous amount of debt. Uh, vendor debt. We didn't even know what we owed all the vendors. Um, and so when I came back from a fellowship adventures trip, um, my wife was at the business. She had never worked there. And she was down there with this skeleton crew of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I walked in and um, had a meeting with everybody that was left. I told them, you know, we were taking it back. And they were very, very grateful. Yeah. And, um, you know, they started to try and share what had happened. I said, you know, right now let's use our energy to look forward. Yep. You know, there will be time later to look back if we need right. to, but I really don't want to have a rear view mirror yeah. right now. Um, and I really felt like there was no way, and I couldn't tell this to my people, but I thought this is impossible. Right. This the, is the, just not possible. So just, just to, to, without getting into specific, you actually had more debt than revenue at this point. We had way more debt than revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, uh, current ratio, I think was one to 7.2 or something like that. Okay. So that's... <laughs> It was for those who don't know, you got seven dollars in bills for every dollar of assets. Yes. Current assets. Right. Right. And so um wow. I I went to my bank, you know, and you know, and I guess just to back up, um, you know, one of the key things when I look back on this was I wanted out of the business so bad right. that I was willing to do almost anything. Yeah. And um I remember when we put this deal together, I was like, you know, I've got this really great CPA. I have a great attorney. I have a great banker. And I, I didn't feel like I could tell them. I, th I figured they'll tell me I'm crazy. You didn't even want to hear that, did you? No. And, and I didn't go through it with our business coach, Yeah, the whole thing. And um, I emailed you mm -hmm. and told you, we were leaving next hour. And I remember I was in Florida when you when we talked. I remember that I was on a beach in Florida, mm -hmm. and uh, at a board meeting, and you called me to let you know that you'd sell the business. I was excited for you, mm -hmm. but I still remember getting the phone call. Yeah. So yeah. that was the only phone call I made, and we didn't get into the nuts and bolts. No, of it. no, no. So, so looking back, you know, when when there's a gut check, you know that you're not even going to tell your advisors. Um, there's probably something that's not good so with this you deal. You could consider that a, a warning flare, right? <laughs> yeah. that, that you ignored, right? I did. Yeah. So, but I, I honestly didn't think that it could go that bad, you know, because we, we really had things going yeah. well as far as growing in our sales. There was debt in the company, as we've talked about. So it was a, you know, it, it was important that the revenue continued to service yeah. that debt. Yeah. Um, and never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that, all those employees would leave and, you know, I would ever come back to a company that quickly. 
that fell apart that fast. Um, so we we came back and I didn't have, I remember I didn't have a dispatcher there, but what or a bookkeeper. We didn't know any of our numbers, um, and all of a sudden um, there was a couple phone calls from some Nextar members, and there was people flying up to us and helping out. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, we we just it, it was you know the people that I had left in the business uh, didn't you know didn't know what to do they didn't know the systems they didn't know yeah. how we did things they didn't know you'd lost everything like that right it, yeah i'd go to turn around and say okay we're in revenue management mode and nobody would even i'm like wait a minute these people don't even know what that means yeah you know um so i've got this group of people that know the trades um and can answer the phone yeah but they don't everything was gone yeah and so, wow, so we had to rebuild everything. Didn't so they, yeah, these next hour companies came in, they flew people up on their dime. They paid them their wage while they were there. And I remember these two ladies working literally with my wife through the night into the next day and doing that, you know, for like eight days. Um, so we finally, they called all our vendors. We found out what we owed everybody cause we didn't know. And then, uh, we had, a. Our CPA and our bank came in and helped us, and then they did an audit in there. The bank did came in and did a full audit with the help yeah. of our CPA firm. And yeah. and uh, in June, uh, because there were so many payables that were not entered by the last group, yeah. uh, January through May, they just were never entered into our books. My uh, materials and equipment were far greater than my sales in June when they finally had to adjust the books. Okay. And it was at that time that I learned a new word and I'd never heard it before. And my banker, um, who I'd worked with for a lot of years, uh, came to me and he said, he, he said, I'm coming to you, uh, on my own, Phil. He said, I'm not, he said, I'm, I'm here as a friend today. He said, but the bank is going to put you in a forbearance agreement. I had never heard that. And he said, there's nothing I can do. He said, they feel like there's no way you're going to make it. Um, your CPA is recommending that you file bankruptcy. And we are rec- you know, we're, we're going to put you in a forbearance agreement to protect ourselves. And so I had to go hire an attorney. And, um, you know, I went and got up upstairs in my office and read and read and read online what a forbearance agreement was. And so we began this um, journey of trying to build our company back up, you know, while dealing with this asset banker who um, I called him Guido. He looked like he should be in a wife beater T-shirt, live in New York, Newark, New Jersey, in uh, a pawn, you know, pawn shop. And that was my banker. Okay, great. And uh, so he, yeah, he would call. I'd have talked to him every day. Yeah, we would have to talk every single day. And I remember asking him, I said, Tony, I said, out of all the, if you have 10 cases, how many of those make it? And he said, about one, one and a half. I said, well, I don't plan on being in the nine and a half. So I said, let's have our conversation be about positive things and how to, how to resolve this. And, and that never really was with him. His whole job is to get every right bit of money they can so i mean they had before us, you bankrupt before we go bankrupt so yeah uh 
every bit of my personal assets, all our, you know, Joanna and I had bought quite a bit of commercial real estate. We were doing great with that, but we had a separate business and they came in and made us do appraisals on everything on our home, our land, you know, vacant land. And, and then it all had to go up for sale and this was an illegal document. So I had to do it. So you sold a bunch of stuff outside the business to put back in the business we to did. keep it solvent. We did. So okay. any of the, um, you know, all any, all the equity that we had in any of those things all went back in. And, um, you know, any vehicles that were of certain ages, any boats, any, I mean, everything. Yeah. It was all tied to you. To you. Yes. I get it. So. And, and so, you know, we're putting all this in, and I'll tell you, that company ate that money so fast it'd be it was just how fast it would burn up yeah um you'd put a hundred thousand dollars in and it'd be just gone and you know then we're just like, paying your old bills just paying bills yeah. and trying to make payroll yeah and trying to keep your game face on mm-hmm. every day and i was sleeping maybe an hour a night you know i just toss and turn at night and imagine the worst in the middle of the night and yeah um you know, so we're, you know, just going to work every day doing that. And, and Joanna's involved in the business now and she never was. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she was, you know, she'd been there through this whole process and it, it's actually been, it's been some tough moments in the beginning, yeah. but really good. Yeah. Uh, now. So, but yeah, so we've, we've finally made it through the forbearance agreement and we slowly put, you know, when you start you, you slowly catch up. You yeah, know, it's that snowball thing. You slowly right. catch up, and you start paying things off, and paying vendors off, and making deals with vendors. And they there are some really great vendors. Yeah, and um, so then we were able to find a, a new bank and do an SBA loan with the debt that was left, and wrap that up. And it saved us a little over thirty thousand a month in in uh, cash flow just with Jeez. the new payment. Holy so. Moly. So it was that that happened last year, and okay. so that was an instant change, just an instant change in our business. And Joanna and I, we didn't pay ourselves for you know the those in yeah. twenty fifteen, right. twenty sixteen. We just couldn't pay ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so we were finally able to start paying ourselves yeah. again and um, start acting like a normal business. So then I I had this team of people that have been in survival mode. Yeah. And, you know, we'd, we'd try to buy, a, you know, we'd sell a, a heating system. And I'm like, where are we going to get the money to go buy this stuff? You know, and still make payroll and, and playing that whole game and running two hours to a vendor to go get it, you know, meeting them. And I was running all the time, you know, just to go yeah. get the equipment. Yeah. And obviously we were on COD with everybody. And um, some of them COD plus. 25 percent right you know right and um you know we we've paid everybody off and we are we are current and in great standing with our vendors now and um it's just fun to look at this journey with some of them now look back and thank them for you know what they did and how they helped us right and uh then there's those that didn't stand with us but um and but you probably, know, I don't blame them. Yeah, they, they didn't. Blame them. They, didn't right. st- they did not. You know, yeah. they had people to pay, and right. so we. But we. There's nobody we didn't pay. 
um, through that whole forbearance agreement, we never missed a bank payment yeah. ever. Uh, we never missed any key payment to anybody. Yeah. Uh, the vendors were the ones that hurt, but we got everybody paid plus interest. Right. Yeah. Let me, let me, um, is there, I mean, I can, I, I sense the, the, the struggle and the anxiety and all that, but you know, you had called me shortly after this was going on, maybe later in the year. And it, you, you mentioned how your perspective had been altered about mm-hmm. the business mm-hmm. and, uh, share what that was kind of when you came back and saw it and thought about it and um you mentioned 100 years i'm kind of mm-hmm. leading you a little bit here but it, it meant a lot for me to listen to you when you when you said that so tell me about that well i think for the first time ever um you know i you know i appreciate our heritage our family um the work that went on for the, the three work. generations of in front of you yes <clears throat> and I, you know, thought I appreciated employees, um, but when you lose them, I think you you really understand what an asset they are. Yeah. And, um, I, I think every area of that business, from our customers to our employees to our family, our community, uh, I really, really, for the first time, fell in love with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Right through yeah. the struggle, yeah. actually, there's an appreciation that emerged that you didn't because you, you mentioned you hated the business as yes. a, as a mm-hmm. young young man, right? And you came back in only to help your dad for two years, and probably mm-hmm. didn't fully appreciate it even then, right? Right. I no. appreciate your father for sure. I know you right. was a good man, mm-hmm. your mother and father, but but I but I for the first time I I really wanted to win at this, and you know I always wanted a way out. And yeah. I don't have that plan right now. My okay. plan is to win at this and awesome. be there. And so we, you know, I was, I wanted to be out when I was 48. Okay. I'm 55. And, you know, right now I told Joanna the other day that we're planning on 10 years yet. Okay. That's, right now that's what I want to do. And I figured it'll take, you know, for us to um, have a transition. But we are really enjoying it. Um, Joanna went to a Nexstar um, event her first one she went by herself I remember her in St. Paul yes. yeah she was there and yeah. so she's taken over all of our recruiting now okay. and uh, which is the only thing holding us back our customers have been wonderful and patient but uh, we need more people okay and so she's taken that over and you know we're gonna the last couple of years we haven't been able to go to super meetings we haven't been able to go to the owner spotlights right. just because of finances so sure. we'll stay and watch them yeah uh, in our in our room meeting room, yeah, and um, you know we're very involved in Nextar online, right? And it's been good. But this year we're taking uh, there be four of us going to the super meeting. Oh, fantastic! And so we're able to finally start doing that again and operating normal. So um, you know we we just finished a, a June um, you know seventeen percent profit, and oh. it was so exciting to sit with our team and say, look at this. You know, and we're profitable year to date. Yeah. A year ago, it was really ugly. Two yeah. years ago, even worse. And uh, so, miraculously, we made it. And it was uh, efforts of a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of time on the phone with our next our business coach yep. uh, in meetings. And and you know, I remember I'd talk alone with him without my manager, and I'd say, "Man, I, I don't, Rob, I don't, I do not know." how yeah. we're going to do this. And he and I both talked you know, about what is the wise thing to do. And I just never felt like I could 
walk away and yeah. just i just didn't feel like i could do that and yeah so uh tom kelly i remember um you know yeah, I, tom kelly next door member next door member has been a dear friend of Found our family it, yeah for a long long time and um he actually is the one that introduced my dad to c2000 okay um so we've known tom a long time and we check in a lot and so when we went to transition the business over to this management group, I didn't tell Tom about all this. And when I took it back, I called Tom. And I said, hey, Tom, I said, I'm back in the business. And and he said, well, Phil, what did you do? He said, well, tell me about what you did with this group. And I told him, and he said, you are a dumb ass, Phil. He said, you are a dumb ass. He said, That's a, he said you've done some dumb things. He said, but this one takes it. Then he gave me a sympathy talk, and uh, or where to find sympathy in the dictionary, and uh, but he he said I'll be there for you, whatever you need, except for money and sympathy, and uh, so Tom came over a lot. We talked a lot, yeah. and then once we made it through, and we knew uh, we were six months past the new yeah. banking, yeah. and things were turning around, and. We were cash flowing and operating right. I called Tom and I said, hey, I said, we made it. And uh, so he said uh, the other bookend, the first one was that I was, you know, a dumb person. The other bookend on the other one, he said, Phil, he said, you're just too stupid. You're dead and you're too stupid to lay down. He said, that's (laughs) the reason you made it. He used other words, but... um, that's awesome. Paraphrased, but right. So, but it's you know, it's moments like that. Looking back, and the friendships, the people, the next our members that came and helped yeah. us. Yeah, and they're as excited as we are because they had a part in it. Yeah, and they're like family. And so we, you know, it's it's been a rough road. Yep. I don't want to walk it again, but we've learned a tremendous amount through that rough road. Well, that's a, that's an awesome story. Congratulations yeah. on all you've accomplished, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's exciting because I know the business is in a great spot right now. Mm-hmm. You know that you know, you're growing again. Mm-hmm. You got good people in place. You're helping people create careers there in, in Rhinelander through mm-hmm. your business, um, and and continuing the legacy of your business. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations. Thank you. That is awesome. And what I hope this is what I hope from this this podcast is thank you for sharing. And uh, you know, the definition of wisdom is not experiencing something. And learning from it. The definition of wisdom is listening to someone else's experience mm-hmm. and learning from that. So my hope is, is there's just some folks out there listening that uh, um, will maybe see some of themselves through your story. And maybe we can prevent some of the same tough lessons and sleepless nights yeah, and forbearance wish. agreements yeah, and I, all the things that I, you went through. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No. But I made the decision. You know, It was right. my decision to say yes to do all that. Right. You were the common thread through all this. I was. But different people come and go, but Phil yeah. was always there. I was there. So right. I'm very mellow now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're happy. Yes, I am happy. And I'll say. And simplified. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us just real quick as we, as we leave. Um, you're with Fellowship Adventures, which is a, a nonprofit that you it have is. started that takes uh, people into the wilderness or to, to out hunt and fish in South Dakota, up into Ontario, um, you're fishing in Montana now, I guess. Yeah, we'll be doing fly fishing in Montana. We have Bolivia wing shooting. Oh, my goodness. So okay. it's, yeah, it's, and it's really grown. There'll so be, you're still running this great business now, and you're still doing this fun stuff I am. on the side. Yeah. Well, I, that's congratulations. Thank you. That's so exciting. 
And uh, thank you for sharing your experiences here in Warrens, Wisconsin, at Frank Blau's Pole Barn here <laughs> at his Deer Ranch. Yeah. So, well, it's good to talk to you, Phil. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And thank you all for listening to this very interesting, very special edition here of Leadership Lounge. This is Jack Tester with Phil Frazier, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.